Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Nick Desai, and welcome to my most recent edition of Nick's Notes. And today I am going to talk about where's the value. And it's sort of a pun on the old, I think it was in the 1980s. I'm a 51-year-old guy, so I'm dating myself here. But the old Wendy's, where's the beef commercials, right? As in, what's the point of all this? And I, what I mean by that is I read a really sobering stat today that came out in Fierce, the newsletter I get, that uh, out-of-pocket healthcare costs this year, or was it 2020, we $1,650 per person. Okay, per person in the United States, for every man, woman, child, that's the average annual out-of-pocket cost. Now, that number in 1970, with for inflation, PPP, and GDP adjusted dollars, so it's a dollar for dollar, it's like today dollars comparing both numbers, was $603. Now, in 1970, the life average U.S. life expectancy was 71 years. Today, it's 79 years. And that sounds like, oh, we're spending more, but we're living eight years longer, and that's worth it. Except it's kind of, of a lie, and I'll tell you why. Because between 1970 and 1985, life expectancy went up from about 71 to about 78, 79 years old. In the U.S., there's been virtually no change in average life expectancy in the last 35 years in America, right? Virtually none. And this is not even including the impact of COVID, which has a detrimental impact on life expectancy. So between 1985, let's take it then, let's just assume every dollar and increase in cost of healthcare between 1970 and 1985 went to increasing life expectancy. And I would argue that living eight years longer, it's a great measure of the success of healthcare, right? It's why we're living longer, right? Great. Between 1985 and 2020, in inflation adjusted, comparing real dollars, out-of-pocket costs went from $783 to $1,650. Between 1985 and 2020, in comparing real dollars, total healthcare costs went from about a trillion dollars to about $4 trillion. Total healthcare costs have been gone up by 400%. Out-of-pocket costs have gone up by 220%, roughly. And we're not, we're not living longer. Right. And ostensibly, you would think that healthcare costs should go down because so many things that were done, breast cancer used to mean surgery, arterial blockage used to mean a bypass surgery. Right. Today, the number of bypass surgeries in the last 25 years has gone down almost 50% because of statins. Breast cancer, many early detected breast cancers, not all, can be treated with pharmacological means. Drugs cost less than surgery, right? So what are we getting for all this? And I mentioned this in the context of being a health tech entrepreneur, right? And saying, wow, well, if we are spending four times as much money, okay, if we are spending with even with 58% of all healthcare in America paid for by governments, federal, state, local governments, and if we all, most, most Americans have insurance, and why are we spending more money and getting less, right? Where's the money going? And $15 billion went into venture capital and health tech in the first half of this year, a record. Google, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, all doing big pushes into healthcare, startups, my startup, everyone else's startup. What, what, is, what are all these companies accomplishing, right? We, where is the results? Shouldn't it be that the measure of success of healthcare transfer in every other industry, I'm, I'm taking a segue here, but in every other industry, 
in technology and automation has made the industry dramatically more efficient. Okay. Amazon gets goods to my house, Netflix gets, and yes, it's been disruptive. Okay. The corner store has gone out of business. Movie theaters are having a tough time, especially post pandemic. Personally, I love going to the movie theater, but, um, post pandemic movie theaters are having a tough time and people are playing video games and not going to ball games as much. And I was reading that the Olympics uh, viewership is down 45%, um, even compared to Rio. Part of it is Olympics got displaced and there's no fans and sort of weird and people are still dying and whatever. But a big part of it is because you could just, I don't watch any sporting events. I just watch the highlights of the great stuff on ESPN. We've all seen those two guys from different countries who shared the gold and it's become a wonderful moment for the world. We've all, technology makes our lives more efficient, brings stuff more to us, immediacy, access, lower cost, things get cheaper. But, and we're all building digital health and health tech solutions. Most of you listening to this are involved in the healthcare industry in some ways. So where's the beef, right? So, and, and, and I state that by saying that to me, not life expectancy alone, because quality of life matters and your ability to age in place, your ability to live with dignity, your ability to be independent and, and, and to achieve your goals. And most people's goals in life, it's not, oh, I closed the care gap, right? It's not even direct health care. Oh, my blood pressure went down, right? I have started a program of working out on my treadmill every morning before coming to work. It's the only time I know it'll get done. Yes, 50% of the credit goes to my wife nagging me and making me do it. But the other 50% of the credit goes to the fact that I want to be alive to watch my kids grow up. And I had kids later in life, right? People want to be independent. They want to play with their grandkids. They want to date. They want to have a sex life. They want to have human interactions and relationships and live their lives. And if we measure it by that success, one critical measure of life expectancy is not going up, yet costs are soaring. And today the single largest cause of largest contributor to personal debt in the United States of America is medical bills. Think about that. Not car payments, not mortgage, not credit cards, medical debt. So, what is happening? And is it that we're just very early in this transformation? Yes, that's part of it. We are early in a transformation. I, I've talked about this multiple times. We're in the first inning of a nine inning. I'm a baseball guy, a nine inning baseball game that uh, 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 that is just getting started. Okay. We're just getting started. We haven't seen anything yet. It was just this year that health records will finally come out of the walled gardens of EMRs, right? The second big piece though, is that there are too many companies in digital health, and I'm going to be conspicuous and not mentioning any company. I don't want to pick on any one person or company and there's always a counterexample. and you know I, i'm in the industry and i shouldn't throw stones at anyone and i'm trying to but too many companies are what i call skimming off the top they've figured out how to make money in a healthcare ecosystem that is broken without fundamentally improving and transforming the lives of the patients that they serve. They're selling software, they're inserting themselves in a value chain. Sometimes they're increasing costs in bureaucracy. Sometimes we have seen insurance company after insurance company after insurance company pay penalties for upcoding and overcoding and overcharging 
that's done in part because of the value-based care, which is supposed to align incentives, but it makes it easier to say someone is, it's easier to make money by saying someone is sicker than actually making them better, right? So there are some adverse aligned incentives, right? There are companies who can make money by making money, but not by dramatically changing the lives of people. And you can see that by seeing how many health tech companies are chasing the enterprise dollar. Why? Because there's a lot of very wealthy companies in America who will pay to try new things, ostensibly to lower healthcare costs, but they'll, tr they'll pay to try it and the, the company can make money before the outcomes are determined, then there are serving the the 58% of people who are on government is 35 million Americans on Medicaid. How many companies are out there for those patients, right? For that population, for the undocumented population, for the, which are human beings, right? And deserve healthcare. So I think all of this, the point of this rant today is to say that this is a challenge to me, to my co-founder, Renee, and my latest company, Hey Renee, and to every health tech entrepreneur and to every insurance company and to every venture capital company funding health tech entrepreneurs and everyone buying these products is let's all unite be, and drive real transformation. And let's measure that transformation by its impact on the patients who need it most. Our regular everyday Americans leading happier, healthier lives, our regular everyday Americans spending less money out of pocket, right? What I want to read is not next year. It's not going to happen by next year, but five years from now, that 1,650 went down, right? People live, life expectancy went up. People are taking more of their medications. People are spending less time in a hospital. There's less administrative cost. Of that $4 trillion, we spend 27% goes to administration. 31%, the biggest chunk goes to the hospital oligarchy, which I've talked about. $1.3 trillion, about a trillion dollars goes to administrative cost, a trillion dollars, right? Take out hospitals for everything other than absolutely required. You cut the administration cost, you can get back to a reasonable number. You can cut a trillion dollars in cost right there. But we're the people standing, we're the people with the potential to change it. And economic value and societal and social value can coexist, right? There's a lot of been talk recently about billionaires going to the moon or going into space with their money or whatever, and instead of planting trees and whatever, right? And it's, it's, it's capitalism gets attacked, but capitalism is works as an economic system because it's closely aligned with human nature, right? And, and what I mean by that is that we all want to be better for ourselves, right? And that's what capitalism does. There's nothing about building a company that truly serves patients well, that truly improves their lives, that truly scales, that is measured by metrics like life expectancy, improved quality of life, patient reported outcomes being better, lower costs, lower total costs, less hospitalization, lower out-of-pocket costs that is inconsistent with economic competitiveness and economic uh, uh, capitalism, right? So today, as an entrepreneur, as a founder in this space, as a human being, as an American, as a father of three young children, and as a son of two aging parents and I say, and as a husband of a doctor, the point is we need to all align to really let's make money 
by improving the lives of everyday Americans, and we can feel good about the money we make and the way we made it. Thank you. That's Nick's notes.